Hello, everyone, and welcome back to But Did They Do It podcast. I'm your host, McKinley Dot, and today I am with you with our very special episode that I promised last week. So I'm about to get on the phone with James Helmer, the former investigator in the Kimberly Simon case, and I am so nervous. I am very, very nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous. I have all of my questions laid out on my phone. I have everything ready. I'm just scared. I've never had to like interview someone before. So I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, I couldn't find a lot about him online. So it'll be interesting. I have lots and lots of questions for him. So it should be a good episode. But without further ado, I present to you my interview with James Helmer. Hi, Mr. Helmer. How are you? Um, let's get started by saying Jim. Okay, Jim. I'll, I'll <laughs> stick with Jim. Mr. Helmer was my father. Okay, okay. I'll call you Jim then. How, McKinley, right? Yes, McKinley. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. There's no, no complaints down uh, on my end. I'm retired, obviously. You know, if you knew uh-huh. that, but... Um, I'm living down in the Carolinas, so, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a happy man. Oh, wow, that sounds awesome. Yes, it is. I've been down here uh, about five years now and living every minute of it. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, do you mind if I, uh, record this phone call today? I don't mind at all. I might, might not be able to tell you some things, and I'll probably tell you other things, so. No, okay. I mean, I got no, I got no problem with that. Okay, that sounds great. Okay. So, can you just tell me, to start off, a little bit about what your role was in the investigation? Um, the investigation, well, there's a lot of twists and turns in this whole case. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you get it, I actually got started on this investigation back in 86 and 87, and I'll quickly tell you why. Um, An informant came to me and stated that uh um that you guys got the wrong person or looking at uh barnes and barnes Barnes Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. and i you know explored it obviously further Mm -hmm. and uh, he told me kind of who um was responsible um in his opinion and this was based on people telling him um that and uh, it was a group of uh uh, four people that were involved at the time, satanic worship. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on that, um, and based on knowing that, you know, Stephen Barnes was, I don't know if he was arrested at that point or not, mm-hmm. um, but he was under investigation for the death of Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured, let me contact, let me go to talk to my boss, the district attorney at the time, who was Barry Doughty. Mm-hmm. I, and I told him everything that this individual told me. And at that point, he says, well, okay, continue what you're doing. Type yeah. everything up and send it up to the, at that time, there was only two investigators working on Kim's case. Okay. Um, so I sent it up to the one in charge. Um, and I would talk to more people about the satanic group and got more information that was leading to um, some interesting things, shall we say. 
Mm-hmm. And I would type it, send it up, and I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't hear anything until yeah. the reinvestigation started in 2008, and we subpoenaed the records, and lo and behold, there's my um, investigation file. Yeah, I did, in my research, I did find information about those four people that, um, wasn't it, she was at a hotel party a few days before, and she was seen with those four people, right? Yes, I mean, we can, as far as the investigation shows, well, the reinvestigation started in 2008, mm-hmm. um, thereabouts. Um, he was exonerated after DNA evidence um, from the crime scene um, proved that it did not belong to Steve Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother was a big push in uh, getting him released through mm-hmm. the Innocent Project. Um, and, um, you know, uh, he was exonerated. And at that point, the district attorney was Mike Curry, um, Mm -hmm. at the time, um, created a task force. And I was kind of, uh, let's say the senior person there. Mm Um, I don't want to say in charge, but I mean, we all, um, did our thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and we had a good, um, accumulation of investigators, evidence, techs, Mm-hmm. Uh, um, to help us get the get the ball rolling, and which was, you know, to be honest with you, it was a Herculean task mm-hmm. uh, to get this thing going. Um, we had the, you know, first thing we did for two or three months was got the uh, all the evidence on the case brought down. Um, we had a task force room. All the evidence was brought down to us. Um, the evidence tech went through all that. Um, the whole, um, case file was brought down to us and they, they, the sheriff's department interviewed close to 900 people Mm -hmm. and we did nothing for the first two or three months was just go through that whole thing. Yeah. So based on like, on your opinion, what do you think happened that night? Cause obviously she was seen leaving her house around 6 PM and then, so there's a long span of time from the time that she was last seen to the time that. Her body was found. So, what do you think happened to her in between those hours? And that is a very good question because to this date, and I don't, you know, I've been out of the DA's office since 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anything has changed, but I don't know. Um, to this date, that's been the million-dollar question as to where was she from the time that she was picked up um, on Mohawk Street in the town of Whitestown, seen um, near a vehicle, a pickup truck. And then another individual sees her um, sitting in the passenger side of that pickup truck talking to the driver um, with the opinion that she knew the driver, according to the the passerby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same time frame you just mentioned. Um, as far as the original investigation, she was not seen um, until they discovered her body the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we have witnesses that we discovered through the reinvestigation um, that indicated um, that she may have been at party um, with this satanic group mm-hmm. um, at a local spot that was used by the satanic group in the village of New York Mills along mm-hmm. um, Sequoia Creek, it was called. Yeah. And... That's where they would do their rituals, um, and we have uh, a couple of girls that uh, um, we interviewed 
that came forward and they witnessed, um, which they believe was Kim. Um, they picked out Kim from photographs, um, sitting on a log over at this particular site. Now this is, it's hard to say, um, this is maybe 11 o'clock ish, maybe, you know, earlier or later, but say that ballpark. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, we have a couple of witnesses that say that she was, um, at this particular site. Um, and these witnesses have been credible, um, uh, by talking to other people. Now, other people, since we did the reinvestigation, we probably um, had close to 15 people or more indicate that um, certain members of the satanic group either admitted being involved mm-hmm. or told someone else who told us that they were um, involved in the death of Kim Simon. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it, it, we, we got her at least um, according to witnesses. Now, that's a question of do you believe these witnesses? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, that uh, she was at this particular site. Now, again, you're looking at, say, let's call it 6 o'clock when she was picked up by this pickup truck till 11, 12 o'clock at night. Where was she in between that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To this date, I don't know, and I don't think the investigators that are, are looking into this or whenever a lead comes to the DA's office will we'll pick it up and look at it. I don't think they know. Yeah. And where was she after um, the party site, the satanic site, whatever the case may be, where was she from there to the point where she was found back on Mohawk Street the next day? Um, mm-hmm. we have some other theories. Um, there's other people, um, one witness, um, that says that she was at a house party in, in mm-hmm. close proximity to, uh, mm-hmm. um, this party site in New York knows. And that would probably have been after three bears. Yeah. That three bears is the, uh, the site in question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, well, we got to go on what we're told as far as these these witnesses. And, and at least if somebody tells you something and it's only one person, you look, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Mm-hmm. But when, when two or three people tell you, it kind of leads credibility to the first person that told you that yeah. she was at this three-bear structure. Uh-huh. Um, and the satanic group is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, you know, I'm going to tell you flat out, lo and behold, there's two other two other groups group of two and a group of one over the years have also um told people that they were involved in kim's death yeah so and we did a thorough background on those individuals too so i mean you have a group of four you have a group of two and a group, I call it a group of one because this one individual is, is, was saying that he was involved in this. Um, we can link all these three groups together, mm-hmm. partying at some point. Yeah. But it, it, it's still a big question mark. Where was she? Was she with the satanic group that ended up with the group of two or mm-hmm. ended up with the group of one? Or was everybody together after three bears mm-hmm. and something happened to her then. Yeah. 
to, to me, as far as I know, and I, and I could be wrong, this date is still a big question mark. Yeah, it, that's what it seems like. But I feel like the the three bears theory kind of seems like the most reasonable because weren't some of her belongings found in New York Mills along Clinton Street? Um, you're talking about the shoe. A yeah, the shoe. Goes, a person goes by and drives over a bridge and looks down and sees a shoe. Um, she thought that and there must have been something in the paper. My memory serves me right about a missing a shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they see a shoe um, matching the description that was probably in the paper. Yeah. Um, they contact the sheriff's department. Uh, they sent a deputy over at that point to, to look for the shoe and try to retrieve it. And the shoe was not there. Mm-hmm. Now, that bridge in question is walking distance to the um, Three Bears site. Okay. So, I mean, the shoe was never found. Mm-hmm. The description of the shoe given by the individual has seen it mm-hmm. matches the description of the shoes, uh, the other shoe that Kim was wearing. Yeah. So, I mean, um, there could be credibility to that, but it, it was never found. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So... Um, why did Stephen Barnes become a suspect in this case? Was it because he, uh, matched the description, his truck matched the description and, um, the witnesses said they saw a man who fit his description as well. Is that why he became a suspect in the early parts of the investigation? That's a, that's a a really good question. Um, if your podcast lasts about two hours i could yeah Uh i mean the only reason i say that when we did the reinvestigation we developed things um that led us to believe or i'll i don't want to speak for the other members of the task force but Mm -hmm. led me to believe um that mr barnes um number one to to i can say with 100 percent certainty in my opinion was not involved in kim's death whatsoever yeah um, do, do I think certain things happen, um, at the time that, um, that the sheriff's department wanted to strengthen their case against Steve, um, for whatever means that is, and I'm mm-hmm. really not going to get into that. Yeah. But, um, yes, I do believe that, um, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a heinous crime and I think somebody had to pay and I think at some point the two deputies or the two investigators that were in charge of it, um, shall we say, got tunnel vision. Yeah. Um, the only the only reason that they he initially became a suspect was because he avoided um, a roadblock and was going to cut through like a gas station beverage um, store. And one of the sheriff's investigators seen him kind of truck kind of fit the description, but that's a big farce in itself, so Uh, to say. Yeah. Um, And they zeroed in on him from there and throughout, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, know, uh, surveilled him, uh, everything you can name of, they did. But lo and behold, the witnesses during the reinvestigation we showed that one of the guys that definitely um, um, testified at trial um, that said that um, he seen this girl inside um, a truck matching Steve Barnes mm-hmm. told us when we re-interviewed him that that's not accurate. 
And I said, what are you talking about? He says, well, I'm sitting there talking to the investigator and the investigator. And I told the investigator, he says, he was showing a picture of Steve Barnes truck. And he says, that's not the truck that I seen your victim in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they explained it more. And he says, I used to own trucks. I know what trucks are all about. And they're telling me that this is the truck. And I'm saying, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he was getting into an argument with the investigator who's saying that this is the truck in question. Mm -hmm. Um, It just got to a point where I think they were hyping on that this is the truck. We know this is the truck. Also, we just need for you to say that this is the truck. Yeah. That he ended up saying that, okay, this is the truck. Mm-hmm. When I interviewed him um, during the reinvestigation, he regretted that. Yeah. Uh, um, he felt bad about it. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 it, 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 and there's, it, there's probably another, half a dozen things that I can tell you that leads one to believe that uh, he never, Stephen Barnes never should have been arrested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, do you, th- would you say that um, the investigation kind of came to a point after a few years of them just wanting to put someone in jail, kind of get justice for her family rather than actually finding who did it? Or do you think that they actually believed that Stephen Barnes committed this crime? That's another good question. I mean, they might have believed it in their heart of hearts that they had the right person because, you know, um, of, of, of what they were able to come up. And, 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 and in my opinion, I'm not a prosecutor, but it was purely a circumstantial case. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to the prosecutor because I helped him when the trial was, was going and he told me, he says, I don't think I'm going to win this because it's, you know, it's purely circumstantial. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, if they knew what we developed during the reinvestigation, there's no way that he would have been convicted. Yeah. No yeah. And I like throughout my research, that's what I've kind of found, too, especially with all the evidence, and then he had a solid alibi. Like, several people placed him at the bowling alley at at least 6 o'clock that night at the time when she went missing, and they were saying that they saw him and her in his truck. So, yeah. And and, and, you know know where that came from? And I'll tell you another scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a guy that was running a gas station on the the main intersection over there in Marcy, and um, he testified at trial that he knows Steve Barnes. He was out pumping gas for a client mm-hmm. and, and seen, uh, seen uh, um, Steve Barnes in his truck um, turning on to go to Mohawk Street, which he would have intersected Kemp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we re-interview him. That's one of the first things we did was re-interview anybody that testified at trial before mm-hmm. we got into suspects. Yeah. So, I mean, we re-interviewed him. And he says, I got to tell you guys, I lied at trial. And I yeah. says, what are you talking about? You lied at trial. He says, I lied at trial. I says, what happened? He says, I seen Steve not turn on the Mohawk Street, which would have intersected Kim, but go straight toward the bowling alley. Yeah. So that puts, that puts anybody else that said, in my opinion, that said that they seen Kim on Mohawk Street, that puts that in question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether that be whether that be the police officer who said they seen 
mm-hmm. all that, all that to me, in my opinion, is suspect at this point. Yeah. So, and I and I asked him why'd you lie? He says, "Well, he was dating at the time. He was started dating Stephen Barnes' girlfriend, ex girlfriend." Okay. And uh, he, uh, the girlfriend said that he used to be, uh, he used to be verbal abusive and sometimes mm-hmm. physical abusive. And this guy told me the best place he thought Stephen Barnes should be would be in prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> so he didn't even like... To, to, to you, but it doesn't make sense yeah. to finding out all this stuff. I uh-huh. mean, it's just like, how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you do this and how do you put this guy behind bars yeah. for 19 years if you knew he had nothing to do with it i'm gonna say if you yeah. knew he had nothing to do yeah i don't i don't know how you live with yourself after doing after lying like that and making this guy go to jail for that many years knowing that he yeah. couldn't have done it he couldn't have been there at that time that's just that's crazy to me that's what's so frustrating about this case is like lack of um solid evidence then there is none and and the jury rested on i believe one of the big things and and i think uh, a couple of the jurors mentioned this was the gene print Mm -hmm. yeah um and they i think treated that gene print as a um fingerprint shall we say Mm -hmm. correlation of the gene print to a fingerprint Mm -hmm. well that that gene print is totally ridiculous that gene print which we which we found out is, is should never even been presented at trial because it, it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I feel like throughout my research with like the gene print and then how they said that they found hairs in his truck that were similar to hers and the soil evidence and all of that, it's just not super like, it doesn't convince me at least that like 100% he could have done this. It's all similar. It's not conclusions. You're right, and and they, you know, they say similar hair. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Stephen Bard's sister had similar hair to Kim. Yeah, um, blondish. I mean, they did all at the time. DNA wasn't was on the horizon, so it really wasn't in the labs and everything at that point. But they mm-hmm. did blood groupings of the cigarettes that were in the uh, um, Stephen Barnes uh, ashtray in his truck. Mm-hmm. None of them came uh, matched to Kim. Um, lo and behold, when we went to the Massachusetts State Lab who did the gene print analysis, which is a story in itself. Yeah. Um, they had all the other evidence from the truck. Mm-hmm. So we asked them to to uh, um, review that evidence now that we have DNA um, from the family member of, of, of Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and none of the things that they had, you know, whether it be hairs, cigarette butts, anything, mm-hmm. match, match Kim Simon. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I find so frustrating about this case, that nothing really pointed to him. But um, did you play any role in Stephen Barnes' trial? And if so, what was that role? Um, I The only role that I played in the trial itself was assisting the prosecutor at the time. His name was William Kernan. Nice okay. gentleman who was an ex-FBI agent. Oh, really? Okay. He, he prosecuted the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a, as a DA's investigator, they have you do a, a ton of stuff, whether that be get the evidence and bring it down, secure the evidence, maintain custody of it, mm-hmm. find witnesses that they're having trouble finding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yes, I did a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. when the trial actually commenced or pre-trial, 
um, trying to assist the prosecutor for whatever I can. Uh huh. So then when the trial began, did you believe at the time that they had the right guy? Um, that's hard for me to say because, you mm-hmm. know, keep in mind that I was looking into this other thing. Mm hmm. And people were saying, people were telling me, once I get hot and heavy into this thing, people were telling me that that he didn't do it and this group was responsible. So the more I looked into it, the boss says, go ahead and look into it. And the more I looked into it, more people were telling me that that so-and-so told me that he was there, so-and-so told me that he might have had sex yeah. with her, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm hearing all this, and I'm saying to myself... And I knew what evidence that they had on Steve, or or so-called evidence. And I'm saying, and I, I in answer to your question, I would say, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I had doubts that he was uh, um, actually guilty of this. Mm-hmm. And those doubts, you know, came to fruition when when we did the reinvestigation. And there's still people out there that still think Stephen Barnes is responsible, but yeah. they don't know the stuff that we we came up with during the reinvestigation. And I'm mm-hmm. just here to tell you and your public that this man had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So when, what did you think when Stephen Barnes case was taken up by the innocence project? Like what were your thoughts when that happened? Oh, it's almost like, you know, okay, good. I mean, now, mm-hmm. now maybe we can um, find out the truth of, in regards to what, what took place. Cause when we when we first started the reinvestigation, um, we we one of the people one of the first things you do is 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 uh, um, look into the suspects that they looked into mm-hmm. um, and try to either eliminate if they didn't eliminate them or um, take on the investigation in regards to new suspects. So one of the first things we did is we got this thing on on the. Uh, um, satanic group mm-hmm. so that was one of the first groups that we looked into was the satanic group and we're looking and you know investigators are going here and going here and going here and talking to people and we come back and we discuss everything at the end of the day mm-hmm. and we, we said to ourselves this thing's looking this thing's looking more and more um like uh um somebody else is involved in this mm-hmm. and I actually to be honest with you in in, in my in my opinion I, I was glad when innocent project yeah, looked into it, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've been a police officer for 32 years, and, and and I'm not saying anything derogatory against the the investigators that that you know looked into this, mm-hmm. um, but um, I think if they looked into the satanic group thoroughly, mm-hmm. and the satanic group would have brought them into maybe group two or group three if they did that. I don't, I don't think, I think the, the right person or people, um, would be, uh, still incarcerated. Yeah. So after, obviously, quite a few years after the Innocence Project took up his case, um, Stephen got out of jail and he was exonerated. So were you at that time, like, um, excited? I I don't know if excited is the right word, but, um excited to kind of explore different leads that um, may be right leads that you didn't get to previously explore in um, 85 or 86? Excuse me. I was just, I was happy that, that uh, 
I was involved. Yeah. And uh, my boss got me involved in this cold case. Cold cases are very interesting to me, and I mm-hmm. always enjoyed working on them. And 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 I was I was glad that I was working with a great group of guys mm-hmm. in this task force. Um, and I was hoping one of the first things I was hoping to do once you get through doing all the preliminary stuff when you do when you when you go and get involved in a cold case. I wanted to dwell into the satanic group and prove yeah. to myself, say, for example, that these guys, this is a bunch of malarkey or there's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so, and throughout my research, I found, um, some resources that, um, this satanic group that you've been talking about. So would you say that, um, those, individuals that were interviewed in 85 and 86 would you say that those um people are suspects in the case now um i can tell you that is the people well uh interviewed by who i mean uh, i don't think i don't know if the sheriff's department interviewed these guys in 86 and 87 Mm -hmm. i gave i gave them information yeah. Regarding regarding the four people, but nothing that we got from the sheriff's department indicate that they did an interview on these guys. Mm-hmm. And, and and they may have, but we I don't I didn't see anything regarding okay. that. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that so I think makes this case so different from um other wrongful conviction cases cuz usually I guess the stereotype is that um the wrong guy goes to jail, uh DNA evidence gets that guy out, but they also find the other person who did it in getting that one person out of jail. So I think that's what right. makes this case so frustrating is that it's still unsolved today. It's still unsolved. And in my opinion, when I retired in 2012, um, the group of four were prime suspects, people of mm-hmm. interest, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, now you have the group of two that it, you, you can't rule out if, if somebody is admitting to somebody else that they're responsible for Kim's death, especially the group of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the group of two um, were pretty, um, well, sick individuals also. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't discount them. So, yeah. and, and then when you find through the reinvestigation that there's a connection with group two and group, the satanic group, then all of a sudden you say, well, was Kim with all of these people that night was mm-hmm. she with this group and then ended up in this group. I mean, that's still, and, and you know what? There's still people out in that community, United mm-hmm. County that can fill in the blanks. No question in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, um, this might be a kind of a weird question, but was Kim had a boyfriend at the time, correct? Yes. Yeah. Was he ever, um, interviewed or was, did he ever become a suspect in the original investigation? Do you know? He may have been a suspect in the original investigation. Um, I mean, obviously when, when something horrible like this happens, um, you, you, you look at those people. I mean, Mm -hmm. you start from the inside out, um, in regards to these cases and, um, whether that be a husband, uh, you know, somebody living in the household, um, a boyfriend. So I think at some point that I can almost tell you that the sheriff's department maybe thought he was, mm-hmm. um, a suspect. And when we picked up the reinvestigation, now that DNA is, 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 is here, um, in 2008, um, I would say we thought that he might have been uh, a suspect, uh, to be honest with you, at, uh, at a certain point. 
Yeah. So it was it was hard to get the boyfriend in because he says you guys are going to pin this on me because mm-hmm. I'm I'm the boyfriend. Yeah. And I says no, we're not. I says we just want to talk to you. But it, he 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 took a long time for us to gain his confidence to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we requested his DNA, and he and he said no, I'm not going to give you my DNA because you're going to just pin that on me. Yeah. Um, you know, because the question is, I mean, if this is a boyfriend, um, he may have had consensual sexual contact yeah. with Kim. Mm-hmm. And say, for example, Kim didn't take a shower or anything. Well, his DNA might still be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he was concerned about that, which which is an obvious concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we did get his DNA. Um I threw a coffee cup, to be honest with you. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 you know, there's, there's no question in my mind that he had nothing to do with that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so he was, he was 17 at the time, right? Kim? Um, no, um, her boyfriend. He was only a year older than her, correct? Uh, I, I'm not positive. I think so. Okay. Yeah, so he was a minor then. So what... What was the what police procedure do you have to follow when trying to get like a minor to come in and get interviewed and uh, uh, give some DNA? Oh, uh, he if, if well, I mean he's he's coming in now at during the re- well that, that that's a good question. But when we re interview him it was two thousand eight, so obviously he yeah he he was up there in the years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, as far as the what they did back then, I I can't. Yeah. I can't answer that because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, okay. So I also found um, on in some of my research, um, I don't know how um, truthful or um, serious this may be, um, but I found that um, a girl who lived in uh, Whitesboro, um, she committed suicide in October of 1985, and um, I saw in my research that um, the police believed that this girl who committed suicide knew what happened to Kim. Uh, do you know anything about uh, that theory? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that we looked into, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, the, I know the girl in question. Uh-huh. Um, she was uh, um, a friend of Kim's. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know how close that friendship was, but yeah. she was a friend with Kim. Uh-huh. Uh, um, she left a suicide note. Um, in that suicide note, she was referencing um, Kim um, uh-huh. in a certain way, not, not telling us who um, the killer is, but it, in a way where... Um, she almost knew who the person was that was responsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without without naming names. Now yeah. the same girl is possibly don't know a hundred percent on that or not, was possibly one of the other girls that was with Kim um at Three Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was two girls, the witnesses say, that were sitting on the log. They identified one as Kim. Yeah. They identified the other one maybe uh, fitting the description of the girl that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that that theory I think is really that's a really sad thing, obviously. Um, but I also found in more research um, that I don't know if it um, pertains to the girls that with um, her sitting on the log, but um, I found that a girl said that 
she saw um kim being um raped uh by these this satanic group and that kim appeared to be drugged at that three bears uh site that night so did you have you ever heard anything um about that absolutely i mean that was all part of the reinvestigation and there is a witness that says that yeah just just what you're saying yeah i mean so i mean you're having all these people and and there's probably 15 20 people that over the course of the reinvestigation told us that this satanic group was involved or Mm -hmm. one of the members you know said that they were involved and so i mean you 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 know if if the original back in 86 87 if if they just my my gripe is if they just dwelled into that and put their teeth into that mm-hmm. what would the outcome have been i don't know maybe yeah. nothing mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they would have their people responsible and and mr barnes wouldn't have spent 19 years in prison yeah. i don't have the answer to that but i always often wonder about that yeah you know that's uh, another thing about this case for me i feel like there's so many different stories. It's kind of hard to find like what you believe, and because it's such a long span of time. Because wasn't her body found like the next morning at um? I think in my research I saw like eleven thirty in the morning. Yeah, thereabouts eleven thirty in the morning. She was found uh, um, down in an area um, pretty close to where she was last seen mm-hmm. inside of a pickup truck. Yeah. Um, you know, she was not, I can tell you, she was not killed there. Yeah, no, she for was, sure. She was put there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously that like, uh, first site that you, that hasn't been found yet where it all happened before she was dumped. So. Absolutely. Is, is it the three bear structure? Is it this other house that there was something going on, a party going on? Is it somewhere else? Um, mm-hmm. uh, to this day, that's the only thing that's bothered me after, you know, 37 years, you know, um, half of them working on this in one fashion or another. Um, there's just a, there's just a big, still a lapse in the time frame between mm-hmm. when she was on Mohawk Street to, say, Three Bears, if you believe that, which mm-hmm. I do, to when she was found the next day. Yeah. Uh, where was she in between that? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But I can tell you again, there's people in that community that are not involved in this mm-hmm. that, that can fill that in. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt in my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, I also found um, some, like, Whitesboro residents who came forward who said um, around 1 or 2 a.m., um, the morning of September 19th, that they heard screams coming from a different um, hangout party site called the Water Tower. Yes. Yeah. Do we, you... we, we also, I mean, I, of course, we looked into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know if the Water Tower pertains to Kim or not, to be honest with you. It could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, was a, there was an individual that, that called the Sheriff's Department that night saying that she wanted to report she heard a female and um she described it as blood curdling screams mm-hmm. yeah now from from the house that she was uh, supposedly at maybe at a party mm-hmm. um to this water tower is a couple miles mm-hmm. um so and so i mean i don't know um if we developed any evidence to show that um, Kim was definitely 
at the water tower structure. Yeah. Um, we can maybe assume and have theories about that, mm-hmm. but um, nothing substantial like, say, for example, three bears. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we, 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 we did a lot in the reinvestigation. Um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm confident in my own mind that, that I know who's responsible for her death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, it's just a question of whatever, finding evidence or something to, um, you know, do that. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, it is, it's, it's not, it's nothing like a transient that came in and, and, and killed Kim. No, yeah. it was, it was, um, these group of people, group of four, group of two, group of one, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, um, that are somehow involved. Why would they tell people out there that they are, um, were, were there? And there's certain people that are telling us certain things that, are very important to the crime scene and and that's all i'll say about about that Mm -hmm. but i mean it's 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 telling us it gives them credibility so there's nobody else in my mind that i would ever look at if they say come on back look into this Mm -hmm. it would be strengthening the case of this these you know three groups yeah um so obviously if um do you think kim was maybe involved in some things that she maybe shouldn't have been or something that her friends and family may not have known about? I very seriously doubt that, and I want to say no. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kim Kim was like any other 16-year-old girl Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, You know, like to go out with the girls, like to, um, you know, at 16, probably have a beer or two. I mean, because they would have Woods Party Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I did the same thing at 16. Yeah. I mean, it's just, so, I mean, sh- there was nothing that the investigation, reinvestigation or the original investigation showed that, that she, you know, she was involved with this group or she didn't, mm-hmm. she was involved in Satanism. No, yeah. nothing to, nothing like that at all. It was just mm-hmm. like, she was just a typical 16 year old girl. Yeah. 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 That's what I found throughout my research. I figured I'd just ask, but yeah, she seems throughout everything I've found that she seems like pretty normal and innocent. Um, do you? And and, and, yeah. and and I'm gonna just tell you. I mean, from my perspective, looking into this, did somebody set out that night to kill Kim Simon? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did something go horribly wrong? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. I could agree with that. I don't believe that anything was. Uh, premeditated that night or i i feel not like a, if it was all. it might have been premeditated if all of a sudden she woke up yeah. and somebody's on top of her and oh, screaming yeah. and he and he had the silencer no yeah then then yeah that is mm-hmm. premeditated but yeah to set out that night and say i'm gonna kill you by the end of the night no yeah yeah and i don't think i think that witnesses at the party would have said like told police that she would have like looked scared or that something was wrong if something if she really thought that that something was going to go wrong that night and i think that the thing was you know the witnesses that we said specifically at the three bear structure that she looked out of it and Mm -hmm. i know from talking to a lot of people in regards to um how these satanic group people and the group of two um how they would treat 
females. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, yeah. if, if they would take advantage of Kim, either when she was totally out of it or if not even passed out. Yeah. Do you know if there was um, a toxicology report done and if it showed of any drugs um, that were in her system, like date rape drugs or anything like that? Um, I, I don't want to say 100% sure because my memory is kind of cloudy on yeah. that. I think there was. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know what the... I don't want to say it because I'd be guessing and I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me, and I'll tell, but I'll tell you this: nothing that caused us any type of red flags or alerts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, do you still keep in contact with Kim's family today? Um, I keep in close contact with uh, her best friend. Yeah, Linda. Yeah, I we talked uh, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't talked to, um, the mother, um, she has some medical conditions, mm-hmm. so, um, no, I, and when this task force started, I was kind of delegated, um, to talk to, um, the family in regards to keeping them updated. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the person that I dealt with the most was, uh, um, Mrs. Simons. I, I would say I talked to Mr. Simon probably total uh, an hour altogether. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, you know, maintained a close, um, relationship with her, mm-hmm. keeping, keeping her apprised of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've talked to the brother, mm-hmm. um, not at, you know, obviously at the time he was 12 when Kim was killed. Yeah. But during the reinvestigation, I would talk to the brother on a regular basis, mm-hmm. keep keeping him updated. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, no, I mean, yeah. uh, um, they, I think they just, you know, they've been through it so much mm-hmm. and you get their hopes up so much. And I think at some point they just says, you know, we don't want to be bothered anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I feel like when I have throughout my research and, um, my understanding of the story, I feel like I've tried to, um, respect, uh, her family. Cause I, under, that's hard. Like, I, I'm sure they thought oh, that, yeah, that they had oh. the right guy in jail for 20 years and that they thought that, like it was over, but now it's like bringing up all this old stuff again. So I'm sure that's really hard for them. It, it's gotta be. And I just can't, I mean, I have two daughters and I can't put myself in that situation. I'm, mm-hmm. No way. And who, who can, I mean, it's just, it's just, yes, they, 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 uh, you know, they celebrated after Steve got, uh, um, convicted because mm-hmm. in her eyes, Steve was the one responsible for their daughter's death. Yeah. And then one of the hardest things that Scott McNamara had to do, mm-hmm. um, basically, um, was contact the parents and say that, you know, um, Stephen Barnes is coming back to be exonerated and, uh, we're relooking into your daughter's death. It yeah. was very hard for, mm-hmm. um, him to do that. Obviously, again, obviously, um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's something that you just, it's something that just didn't happen in little old Oneida County. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a crime that didn't, never took, you know, never yeah. took place. Yeah. It's one of those things that you don't think will ever happen to you until it does. Right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's still, I mean, what you're doing on your podcast and other people, and like I told you with this other thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's keeping the case alive. And after 37 years, 
um, I think that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, with the documentary um, about to be finished, do you think that any new um, support important leads will um, come about after the release of this documentary? I can tell you that if, if you can, you know, let your listeners um, um, stay in contact with mm-hmm. the developments of that documentary yeah. and, and when we're done here, I can give you the name, mm-hmm. um, phone number of the individual. But yeah. um, he has taken on um, a Herculean task himself mm-hmm. um, by doing this documentary. And I stay in contact with him on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has found out things that we did not find out during yeah. the reinvestigation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and he is going to, this documentary is going to name names. Mm-hmm. This documentary is going to name names of everybody that's a person of interest. Okay. This, doc, this documentary is going to name names, or going to tell of people that said, so-and-so told me that he did this to Kim, or so-and-so yeah. told me that he's going to get into all that and he's mm-hmm. going to show pictures of these people of interest. Yeah. Um, and he, he did his research. He, he has a lawyer on staff. I mean, so all this is legal and can be done. Uh-huh. So I looking at this and I told him, I says, I think this is the thing that's going to get us there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that this will be very, very beneficial, uh, to the case. Uh, do you know when or where this documentary will, um, be released? Um, I just talked to him recently. He's in the, the completion stage, uh-huh. but you know, maybe as you well know, I mean, he's been doing this for two years. Yeah. Um, I think his interviews are starting to wind down. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hardest part he says is the editing. Yeah. So that'll um, take a little bit. He's going, he's going to, uh, um, there's going to be, um, eight episodes, I believe. Okay. Um, but you can contact him and, and, and get more info on that. I think each one's going to be about 45 minutes long. Okay. I think he's going to put it on YouTube first. Okay. But I think he has hopes, and that's what he's trying to work on now as far as a nationwide network. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very, I think, even on YouTube, or it'd be amazing if he could get it on some national streaming service or network that I think that would be very beneficial to uh, the reinvestigation. And, and, and that's why when we're, when we're done with this, McKinley, I mean, you know, off, off recording, uh, I'd just like to talk to you a, a few minutes about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I don't have any more questions for you, so I'll stop recording. Okay. And that was my interview with Jim Homer. I am recording this outro quite a few days later but I think we had a really good conversation, so I'm very glad that I was able to get him on the phone and interview him. I feel like he provided some very helpful insight to a lot of the questions I had, and I felt that we had similar opinions about the case. So I was going to do my interview with the documentary filmmaker today, which is Monday, May 9th, but he texted me earlier and he had something come up. So I will be interviewing him Wednesday. So there will probably be a bonus episode out on Thursday. 
just so I can kind of get that interview out there and so we can move on to a new case next week and I will have a very special guest on our next full episode coming next Tuesday so stay tuned for that and in the meantime you can go follow our Instagram it's at but did they do it pod and I will talk to you guys next time bye